Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. I got something I want to talk about to you. Welcome to another edition of Communication Mixdown. Hello, I'm John Langer. We've all heard the story probably many times before. Public interest journalism, investigative reporting is on the wane, disappearing before our very eyes. Why is it happening? Well, the usual answers have to do with things like the dominance of social media, the circulation of fake news, the juggernaut that's Facebook, the temptations of business models based on heading down the clickbait trail. Our special guest tonight on Communication Mixdown is here in the studio to tell us a different story. If I can put it this way, it's a story about public interest journalism and investigative reporting still playing an essential role in the workings of democracy and civil society and addressing the embedding of corporate power into all the ways our social world is organized. Her name is Sandy Keene. She describes what she does as public interest journalism, and currently she works as editor-in-chief for the independent online investigative journalism website founded and run by former Fairfax business journalist Michael West. Hello, Sandy. Hello, John. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. And uh, possibly for the listeners, they probably heard about Michael West and even probably read some of his coverage in the Fairfax media, but perhaps maybe they haven't really know they don't really know very much about his investigative journalism website so to begin with and set the scene briefly i'd like you to tell me about the website what it does what its fo- focus is and what sorts of things it reports on okay uh well michael uh, may i call him westy because i'm so i know i'm going to start calling him westy during the interview so readers uh, uh, sorry listeners out there michael west um is very fondly known as Westy on Twitter and other social media. But he started the site in 2016 um, after working at Fairfax. Uh, he was a sometime business editor as well. And he also ran or started the Margin Call column at The Australian. His specialty, and still is, uh, is corporate malfeasance, Bank, uh, well, you know, how else can we describe it? Bank bastardry is what it was. Um, And he goes after the big end of town. He's an incredibly courageous journalist. Uh, The number of times they've come after him, he's been threatened with legal letters. Um, He really, you know, uh, takes a lot of risks every time he goes after somebody because he's determined to do real uh, public interest journalism and that's give all the facts, whether the end of town like it or not. 
one of the key areas of investigation that uh, Michael, the Michael West website's been involved in is something called the revolving doors syndrome. And especially this relates to Australia's gas and coal industries. And uh, this is very relevant, I think, at the moment in terms of action on climate change because it's so much part of the public agenda right now. Can you explain what's been happening around this sort of reporting? Well, this has been going on for some years. Uh, Both sides, you know, uh, parties of both stripes have been um, involved in this, if you like. Uh, Martin Ferguson went on to become uh, director at Appia. Um, So what happens, you, you have to actually backtrack a bit and think when somebody's been appointed to a very, very cushy job with one of the big gas industries... Have a look at which committees they they were on leading up to that appointment, because there's skin in the game here. Yeah, clearly, um, when if you're sitting on a committee overseeing environmental um, applications, uh, and the next thing we know, you're heading up or you're a director of that company. It doesn't pass the sniff test, definitely not. And at the moment, there's too much of that. Uh, they've had various attempts to t- tighten it up, but it's a joke, really. So what we've done on our site is we actually have probably Australia's best database now on revolving doors, and you can look up Labor, you can look up Liberals, you can look up Nationals, and it's an eye-opener to see how many of these politicians have gone on to get very cushy, very high-paid jobs, right, with the very people that they were overseeing originally? So one of the things, if we go to the web, the uh, website and there's a, there is a special section on the website yes. which is addressed as revolving, revolving doors. Door. <laughs> yes, there is. You can look up revolving doors and, in fact, I'm a bit behind at the moment because I haven't put all the latest uh, coal people up there from our last investigations. Tell, tell, tell us a bit. <laughs> tell, all right, well, tell us a few. <clears throat> name some names. Uh, Can you oh, remember? There's so many of them. Well, there is so many of them. I think the easiest thing is just jump on the website. I might, uh, I might be a bit biased and start calling out the ones that I know really well from a particular party. Uh, so I think uh, we we won't name them. Uh, just encourage people to go on the site and have a look, and uh, mm. uh, it's a it's a real concern. So absolutely, and uh, I when I, when I was on the on the website, there was a, a very interesting investigation that I think Michael West Media and Greenpeace had done. That's right. On that's on, on the coal, the coal, on the coal, coal industry. industry, and that's that still we still need to update that and put them into the revolving doors. At the moment, it's all gas, but we need to get the coal in there as well. So we've done the investigation. It's all in the report. And uh, so we're in the process of putting that up on the site at the moment. Rather interesting and uh, perhaps one might Mm -hmm. say idiosyncratic feature of the website. You include local weather reports from the Cayman (laughs) Islands. (laughs) I have to say, um, Westy's always had an incredible sense of humour. Now he probably does more about more digging on um, uh, on tax dodgers than anyone else in Australia. 
and we'll talk about that if you if if you, we've got time. Uh, so, you know, if you want to read up anything at all to do with the Caymans or the Bahamas, you'll find absolutely plenty on our site. Uh, and w- uh, w- so we invite readers to come along and read our articles, and they can check out the weather at the same time. Uh, but why Mike, the why the Cayman Islands? <laughs> well, most of them seem to end up there. Uh, the latest the latest report we did was the sale of twenty six hospitals to Brookfields, uh, which was extraordinary, really. And I I don't know that many people, many of your listeners, would even know about this, John, because uh, no one else reported on it. We were the only ones that reported on this sale. 26 hospitals, I think three in Melbourne, uh, so across Australia, were sold to a Cayman Island-based company, Brookfields, which means that all of those profits, which would have gone into our coffers, our money from from our taxpayer money is now going to the Cayman Islands. Mm -hmm. And um, I was talking to Westy recently and I said, What's, what is the global figure at the moment in offshore accounts, the money that's being stashed away? Um, it's still legal, but it's absolutely immoral. But he put a figure of $50 trillion globally is being stashed away in offshore accounts. And of that, he thought there would be several hundred billion owing to Australian taxpayers. And this government is doing nothing about it. Josh Frydenberg could have stopped the sale, but he gave it the thumbs up. Mm-hmm. And there's another one, we haven't reported on it mm-hmm. yet, but there's another one that they're trying to rush through at the moment involving the sale, massive sale of um, aged care facilities in Australia. Again, profits going off to the Caymans. Now, another feature, interesting feature for me of the website is at the end of each financial year, you publish a list (laughs) of the top 40 tax dodgers, but also, to be fair, a top 40 of tax Tax heroes. heroes. So tell us about that. (laughs) Uh, Well, one of the things, Michael, I suppose, is uh, renowned for, um, got a lot of kudos for, was his investigations into tax dodges in Australia. Uh, This was some years ago. Uh, At the time, Christine Milne was leader of the Greens and she approached him and said to him, look, this research you've done is just staggering. We need a Senate inquiry. We've got to clean this up. And one of the things that he'd done was investigate Google and Facebook. Well, Google... Now, Google advertises in Australia and uh, people who advertise with with Google are paying Australian money into Google. So the business is being, the business being transacted here in Australia, but they argued with ATO that uh, they were a a Singapore-based company, Mm. so didn't have to pay tax, right? Mm. So Michael West did a brilliant investigation Christine Milne, at that time leader of the Greens, uh, she pulled together a Senate inquiry uh, calling for major tax reform. And as a result of that Senate inquiry, 
uh, we were able to claw back over a billion dollars. Well, I think it was $1.5 billion from Google and Facebook, mm. thanks to the work done by Michael mm. West. Mm. So tax dodging has always been his specialty. And uh, when I joined him a couple of years ago, um, I said to him, well, why not have a, ta- a top 40 tax dodgers of the year? Every year ATO put out their report and we pull it all out and we stick them up and we name and shame the lot of them. People who are going to especially um, uh, do-it-yourself investors who want to be ethical investors perhaps, uh, looking for companies who are doing the right thing. So uh, at first he was a bit hesitant and then I said, well, you could do the top 40 heroes. So mm. that's what we do. And it's very popular. <laughs> I'm talking with mm. Sandy Keane and she's a public interest journalist and currently works as editor-in-chief for the independent online investigative journalism website, Michael West Media. We'll be back after this. Tune in to On Screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon on 3CR. It's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen, Mm, but it's on the radio, 3CR. You're with Communication Mixdown and uh, got Sandy Keane in the studio with me tonight talking about Michael West Media and also about her own work as a public interest journalist. And I want to turn to your work now, Sandy. Prior to working with Michael West, you were doing some investigative reporting for the online news and analysis website Independent Australia. But you've actually told me it's mostly opinions, opinion-based, but you did some investigation around the anti-wind farm campaign running a couple of years back with some major results. What did you find out and what happened? Right. Well, um, I suppose most of my life I've always been a campaigner for the environment and belonged to a number of environment groups. So when I saw this group calling itself Landscape Guardians and I looked at the website, uh, a whole lot of alarm bells rang because a normal um, incorporated organisation would always have on the website somewhere um, who supports them, who their sponsors are. You, there, there's, um, you know, you can click out to see the the minutes of the last meeting. Well, there were none of these things, so it had all the hallmarks to me of an astroturfer rather than a grassroots organisation. And at that time, not many people had heard of AstroTurfers, but the uh, the name also uh, was a bit of a giveaway because it's a notorious pro-nuclear group in Britain, uh, Landscape Guardians or the Guardians. So I started doing investigations and whenever there was a wind farm proposed anywhere in Australia, all of a sudden this local landscape guardian group would spring up. So the Warbra Wind Farm, next thing, here we go, here's the Warbra Landscape Guardians. And so what I did in the end was to do uh, to, to um, uh, investigate um, probably about a dozen of them uh, in various states, got hold of their financial statements and their incorporated 
association application. And the interesting thing that I found, which really wasn't a surprise, uh, was it was the same sort of four or five cabal of people who were the members, if you like, or directors uh, of each of these groups, no matter where they were. And these were all Melbourne-based people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main one was uh, was actually, when I looked him, him up, um, had also was also running a company called Lowell Mining Resources, and uh, so it was pretty obvious that these were this was a deliberate attempt to to fudge um, the facts about wind farms. And of course, the next thing we know, they're coming out with all this baloney about wind turbine syndrome, right? So, <laughs> so then they set up the Warbra uh, Health Foundation also run by the same guy, mm, mm. Um, putting out all these dodgy facts about wind turbine syndrome. So I investigated them for a couple of years. Now, in that time, I did, I think I also did a number of investigations for um, New Matilda and might have done one for Crikey, can't remember. It wasn't all independent Australia. Mm. And uh, anyway, they... Um, uh, so it, we were kind of pistols at dawn for quite a long time, and uh, now they've disappeared off the scene. Mm. So I think they've they've given up. <laughs> and as I understand it, the wind farm syndrome that's been <clears throat> very much discredited at this point. As oh, well. totally discredited, absolutely. And Simon Chapman yes. has done. Professor Chapman's yes, done a lot yes, of work on that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Look, another uh, investigation that you did in in terms of uh, public interest journalism is you had a look at Santos, the giant (laughs) energy company, and their attempt to convince New South Wales farmers that coal seam gas mining was a good thing. Yes, that's right. They were were putting across this message. They they put up this – they would have spent a fortune on this television campaign trying to convince people in New South Wales that coal seam gas – could live very nicely, thank you, with uh, with all forms of farming, including cropping. And they ran a series of ads where they had this fellow, Warwick Moppet, and they actually gave his name. And there's Warwick standing in a field of canola saying um, how, how wonderful coal seam gas is, that it can coexist with uh, canola. And then he's standing in a cotton field and he's plucking the cotton off the bales and saying how wonderful this was and um, I had a farm myself at the time I wasn't uh, crop farming but I knew enough about farming to know that there was no way you could you could be running all of these pipes roads water etc for the wells and at the same time uh, be running a huge uh, um, crop uh, field with its with all the necessary equipment, you know, the 30-foot harvesters and so on. I mean, you'd be smashing into coal seam wells mm. all over the mm. place. I mm. mean, it was just ludicrous. So did you, do you want to know well, what we, I did? In the, in the, <laughs> we, we probably haven't got a huge amount of time, but right, so, I, as I understand it, they made some television ads. So they made these ads. So... I was determined these ads were going to go. So the first thing I did was get a copy of the ad because I thought if there was any any sniff out there that I was investigating, they'd pull the ad. 
So I immediately copied it and then I used Twitter because there was a fantastic hashtag, no CSG, a mm. lot of farmers. So mm. I put it out on Twitter to follow me if you knew anything about these, this particular farmer. Somebody came back, said, yes, he's got a farm at Gilgandra, ran Gilgandra Agricultural Society. No, no cropping in Gilgandra. It's marginal farming or grazing. Got somebody else to go and photograph his property. Did a Google Earth shot as well. Uh, so discovered that the Warren Moppet in the in these scenes, you know, in these wonderful crops, was his was not his farm. So then I sent screenshots out of these farms, hoping the topography would be recognised, mountains in the background mm, or mm, things like that. Mm. And we, you know, incredibly we were able to track down the two farms where these, where the, this um, filming was done and I was able to check with the owners of the farm, did you know this, mm. this advertising company had been on your land no, said they. Had we known, we would have been out there with the shotgun, gas, <laughs> coal seam gas. You've got to be joking. Mm, mm. Uh, so I tried to find out the name of the advertising company and hit a brick wall on that because Santos wouldn't tell me. And I noticed they had an investor's site, so uh, an investor's hotline. So I found $5,000, bought shares in Santos, rang the investors' hotline to say that I was so impressed with their ads that I had just shelled out $5,000 and I thought the ads were fantastic uh, and they were delighted to have me on board. And, by the way, who did the ad was terrific. Oh, so-and-so in Adelaide, <laughs> thank you. So I rang them, said this is the story going mm -hmm. published tomorrow, got a comment. <laughs> <laughs> did you know you were trespassing? <laughs> right, and they pulled the ad. They pulled the ad. Mm. Wow, that's a great, <laughs> a great tale. And you've ended up with five thousand shares of Santos. And I, yes, and then I, I've sold them for a profit. I, I shouldn't say that, but <clears throat> afterwards. But um, yes, they this were is very, what you what they, you have to do as an investigative oh, that's journalist. Right. And they they rang me up and they you know look we'll fly you up to Queensland we'll show you how good what a fantastic job we're doing you know first right. class all expenses I said no 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 can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> now, look. This is a lot. At this point, this, this is a logical question I want to ask you because you were doing these investigations. You were, as they say, shining a light into dark corners. The people in the institutions that you are investigating probably don't want you nosing around. They'd rather get on with the business <laughs> at hand without any scrutiny. Is there pushback? And if there is, how do you deal with that? You mean, have I been threatened? Well, just in terms of... Lawyers' letters and stuff like that. I guess. Yeah, well... I, I don't yeah, know. That, had, is, that, is that what happens? Yes. Yeah, so normally you get... I've had several lawyers' letters, had threats from um, News Limited, Andrew Bolt and people like that as well. Uh, yeah, they, they usually do that. They send a lawyer's letter. Uh, we've, we've actually got, if you have a look at Michael West's Twitter feed, uh, the pinned tweet that he's got is asking people, have you had a, a lawyer's letter, telling you it's confidential, asking you to pay money, uh, this has no legal standing whatsoever, did you know that? 
please contact us and send us details. So we're actually checking into that at the moment. Very good. Very good. And uh, yes, yeah, so it does. So when you do, when you do get when you do get these letters, is it something which you just end up dismissing? Is it something which you basically say that these letters have no status? If it's uh, de- if it's defamation, often. Often you can you can bluff your way through to see whether they're, they're going to go through with it. Uh, the one case that I had, um, we the uh, editor decided it was a, a picture that they'd used rather than the piece. So the piece, the article is still there, but the picture was changed. Mm, mm. Um, <clears throat> and with um, with this particular a person who was asking me, who was trying to sue me for defo, um, I just used bluff in the end and I said, look, you know, here you are sort of putting yourself out as the banner boy for freedom of speech. Mm. Uh, My comment was made uh, in a private university forum, postgrad forum, um, so it was hardly public and it was compliment. Uh, what I'd said was that X is a climate denier, but I think he's quite... I don't think he's an idiot. I don't think he believes the crap he writes, mm. is what I said. Mm. I think mm. that's a compliment myself because we know that he's um, sponsored by Gina Reinhardt. So, mm. Mm. you know, I mean, hello. <laughs> Sandy, well, there's so much more we could talk about and there's so many more interesting uh, investigations that you've been involved in. But unfortunately, we're coming to the end of the mm. show, so we'll have to leave it there. But thank you. I want to thank you for being on Communication Mixed Down tonight. Okay. Thanks very much, John. I've been talking with Sandy Keane, and as you heard, she was an investigative journalist for the online publication Independent Australia and New Matilda, and she now works as editor-in-chief for michaelwest.com the online publication specializing in reporting on money in politics, corporate influence, and the intersection between government and big business. Now, links to all the relevant material will be on the Communication Mixdown website along with the podcast of this show. And, well, that is all we have time for this week. We're Communication Mixdown, and we'll be back again next Monday. Let's go with a track from the Reggae Cowboys. And this is a song that kind of addresses what our whole show has been about this week, all about truth-telling.